Blessings, new birth. We are finally at the last mountain of this entire summer at new birth entitled Summit. And I just want to just mention the past six mountains we've climbed up this entire summer. The first Sunday, we climbed up Mount Sinai, which Mount Sinai is the mountain of law, of word, of instruction, of government. And then after that, we climbed up Mount Nebo, which is the mountain of transition. And we all know where Moses transitioned and Joshua took over. The third mountain we climbed up was Mount Moriah, which is the Mount of Obedience, where Abraham obeyed the father and sacrificed his son. The next mountain, mountain number four, was Mount Hermon, which is the Mount of Transfiguration and Mount of Holiness. The next mountain was Mount Carmel, which is the Mount of Victory and the Mount of Power. And last Sunday, we climbed up Mount Zion, which is the Mount of Blessings. But today we will conclude this series by taking one last climb to the Mount of Olives, which what we consider to be the mountain of hope, the mountain of hope. The question is, why do we associate Mount Olives with hope? Well, first of all, when Jesus ascended from heaven to heaven, I'm sorry, from the, he ascended from the Mount of Olives. After Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, he was with the disciples and with the people for 40 days. Then right before he went to heaven, when he was ascended to heaven, he was at Mount Olives. There is also an, an ancient prophecy that tells us that the Lord, just the same way as he left from Mount Olives, there's a prophecy in Zechariah that tells us that Jesus will come back in the Mount of Olives. Zechariah chapter 14 and 4 says... On that day, what day? The returning of the Lord. His feet will stand on Mount Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. So that's why it's a place of hope because Jesus said, I'm coming back in that mountain. But second, Christ's return to earth is referred to in scripture as the blessed hope. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, the Bible says, While we wait for the blessed hope, talking about Jesus' return, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So for us, Mount Olive reminds us of Christ's return. And I want to let you know, church, that we as a church, we believe in the coming of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is coming. As a matter of fact, the coming of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of this coming of Jesus Christ, is what we call one of the four cardinal doctrines of our faith. Which is number one, the first one is Jesus saves. The second one is Jesus heals. The third one is Jesus baptized in Holy Ghost and fire. And the, la and the fourth one is Jesus is coming back again. And I want to affirm today that we as a church... New birth. We believe that Jesus saves. We believe that Jesus heals. We believe that Jesus baptized, but it doesn't stop there. We believe that Jesus is coming back again. And if you believe that with me, can you right now in the chat write a good amen and put Jesus is coming back. He's coming back again. But here's what we have to do. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to consider to see what Jesus taught us. And when I say us, obviously, literally he was teaching the disciples, but there's a teaching that we're going to receive as well today. What did Jesus teach the disciples about his return? 
This conversation, we're going to talk about in Matthew chapter 24. This conversation, this chapter 24 of the gospel according to Matthew, you know where it took place? Mount Olives. As Jesus was with his disciples, he was sitting with them in Mount Olives. And from Mount Olives, he was literally looking at Jerusalem and the temple. And that's the view. Jesus with his 12 in the Mount of Olives, looking at Jerusalem, looking at the temple. And this is the conversation that happens. Matthew 24 and 3, the Bible says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And so Jesus, as a result of that question, he begins to warn the disciples in the following 29 verses of this chapter, the following things. They said, Lord, teach us, tell us what's going to happen. What are the signs? And look what Jesus replied. He says, watch out that no one deceives you. If we're ever living in a time of deception, it's today. If we're, if we're ever living in a, in a time of deceit, is today. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you signs of me coming back. And one of them is, watch that no one deceives you. The second one, he says, many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ. Then he says, you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famine. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be persecution. There will be diseases. Many will turn away from the faith. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Increment in wickedness. And the love of many will wax cold. Jesus is telling his disciples in Mount Olives. These things are the signs that I'm coming back. That I'm going to land my feet. And I'm going to land back on this mountain. These are the things. Listen church. If you don't know. Everything that Jesus told his disciples over 2,000 years ago is happening right now. It's happening right now. And he says in verse 25, I have told you ahead of time as if to say, you've been warned. You've been warned. I'm here to tell you, church, we are war we've been warned by the word of the Lord. What you think? Let me tell you, church. This whole disease that's happening in this global, this global pandemic that's taking course in the whole world. What, what do you think this is? This is a sign. There'll be sicknesses. There'll be disease. There'll be pestilence. Jesus said this was going to happen. And watch the posture that we're supposed to have when I see all these things happening. How can this be a mountain of hope and happiness and bless? Because when I see all of these calamities happening, I rejoice because I know that Jesus is around the block. He's about to come. But there's a good news about those challenging times before Christ's return. There's good news. Even in how bad things may be, church, there's good news. Even in the midst of the earthquakes, even in the midst of the sicknesses, even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of, of, of wars and rumors of wars and false teaching, there is good news. Look what the Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 14 and 15. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. 
as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Where is the hope in this? That those who stand firm, that's you and that's me. Those of us that believe in this thing called the word of God. Those who believe in the promises of God. If we stand firm, we will be saved. If we stand firm, these things will not cause us to lose our salvation and go into everlasting damnation. If we hold on to the faith and we stay strong in the word and we stand firm in his promises, we will be saved. But it's not a salvation to keep my hands crossed. He says, and then this gospel will be preaching to all the world. That's why there's a sense of urgency, church. There's a sense of urgency. I'm rejoicing that he's coming, but I'm going to share it with my neighbor so that he doesn't stay behind, so that she doesn't stay behind, that none should perish, church. So when we decide to climb the Mount of Olives, we will be reminded to stand firm and to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And I know this is antiquated for many people. I know there's a lot of people out there that no longer believe in the coming of Jesus. I know that a lot of people out there don't even believe in the rapture of the church. But I'm here to tell you, I believe in the rapture. And I also believe that Jesus is coming back. I believe it. So that's why when you and I decide to take the climb, when you and I decide to take the climb, I'm here to tell you, it is a way of you saying, I am ready for the coming of the Lord. Look what 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 says, And now, my dear children, continue in him, so that what? So that when he appears... We may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Church, this is my first point. Church, Christ is coming. Church, I'm sounding the alarm. Christ is coming. When you look at what's happening in the world, it is not to be afraid. It is to rejoice because the Lord is coming. Jesus is coming, church. I want to emphasize this church. Jesus is coming. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30 through 35 says, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Who is saying this? Jesus is saying it. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn. Listen to what he's saying. Look what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm coming. But now he's telling us we need discernment of his coming. Now he's telling us we need to be alert of his coming. He says, now learn this from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. He takes them now. Mount Olives has a bunch of trees. He says, now look at the fig tree. Whenever you start seeing that the twigs get tender, and whenever you see that the leaves come out, that is a sign that the summer is coming. And then he says, even so, when you see these things, what things? Earthquakes, sicknesses, diseases, kingdom against, king, kingdom against kingdoms, false teachers, false doctrines. He says, even so, when you see these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. And then he says, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, Jesus is saying, everything I'm telling you, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Church, the entire world will know 
When he comes back, the entire world is going to be aware of this. This is why I believe that we're, we, are, we are in the perfect timing for Christ's return. Because there's a verse in the Bible that says that every eye is going to see him. And those that pierced him. Revelation says, and every eye, how can every eye see him? Today, they, in, in the times of Jesus, they couldn't understand that. Today, the advancements of technology and social media is literally going to set the stage so that everybody can see Jesus come. So that everybody can see Jesus return. But this is the difference. When he came over 2,000 years ago, he came as a lamb for the slaughter. When he came over 2,000 years ago, he came as a lamb to take away the sins of the world. When he came over 2,000 years ago, he was whipped, he was bruised. But when he comes back again, he's coming back with power. He's coming back with glory. He's coming back with authority. Fire coming out of his eyes. A sword coming out of his mouth. And power in his right hand. He is coming to overcome to the glory of the Father Church. He's coming in glory. Not as a humble baby that came 2,000 years ago. His angels, the Bible says, will sound the trumpet to gather all of the elect from the earth. And Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, it says, for the Lord himself, Jesus is going to do it. Jesus, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout. Oh God, I feel like preaching. With a loud command. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And here comes you and I. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with dumb. Oh, man. And this is Jesus is coming, y'all. Jesus is coming, church. The church is going to rise in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. He's going to take his church and take us to the air. This is going to happen, church. And so we will be with the Lord forever. The Mount of Olives is a place where Jesus was ascended to heaven. But it also tells us in Thessalonians that the church will be ascended just like Jesus left in the Mount of Olives. We will be ascended. But it don't stop there. Mount of Olives also tells us it's the place of going up, but it's also the place of coming down. Jesus is coming back in the Mount of Olives. So I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody teaches. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. Jesus said, but my word will not pass away. And if Jesus said he's coming back, baby, I believe he's coming back. And if the Bible says we're going to go get caught up and be with Jesus in the air, I believe the church is going to be raptured in the air. Anybody can say whatever they want, but I'm going to go up Mount Olives because just the way Jesus was caught up, I'm going to get caught up. And when Jesus comes back, I'm coming back with Jesus to overcome to the glory of the Father in Jesus. Jesus name listen to me church I don't care who says whatever they say we got to go by the word of God the Bible says let every let God be truth and every man be a liar and what does the Bible tells us the Bible tells us that God backs up his word more than anything look what Matthew chapter 5 verse 18 says Jesus says for truly I tell you unto heaven and earth disappear not the smallest letter not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished what is Jesus saying that God will fulfill everything that was decreed and declared and written about God 
it will come to pass. So if Jesus said he's coming back, take that to the bank. He's coming back. If the Bible says that we're going to get caught up, take that to the bank. We're going to get caught up. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, reaffirming that God's word will not come back void. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, 10 and 11 says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will perish, but what you said and who you are will be forever. And 2 Peter 3 and 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a war and the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare except God himself and his word and his promises. So my first point was Christ is coming. My second point is he's coming suddenly. He's coming suddenly. He's coming quick. Look what Matthew says in Matthew 24, 36, 44. It says, but about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father know. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be the coming of the son of man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving a marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the son of man. And then he breaks it down. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other will be left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of the night a thief was coming, he would have kept watch and he would have not let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, church, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Listen to me, church. No one knows the day, nor the hour of Christ's return. Only God the Father knows that. I'm here to tell you. And don't believe anybody and nobody, whatever people are telling you out there, I think he's coming in 2025. I think he's, somebody said he was coming in 2000 and he lied and it didn't happen. And people are prophesying that he's coming in 20 years. And to, listen, forget about that. My focus is not to know when he's coming. My focus has got to be that when he comes, I am ready, I am prepared, and I am rejoicing and the fact that he's coming back for a clean, holy, and perfect church to the glory of the Father. Listen to me, church. The condition of humanity compared with the time of Noah and the flood is what God is using to tell us this is what's happening in the world. He gave us an example of just like in the days of Noah will be the same way the son of, the, the son of man will come. And what happened in the days of Noah? The Bible says that they were partying. They were celebrating the pleasures of life. Now, is there anything wrong in partying? No, I party all the time. They were getting married. Is there anything wrong in getting married? Absolutely not. The Bible says they were eating and drinking. But partying, celebrating the pleasures of life where God is not our priority is a sin. They were getting married and giving in marriage. Nothing wrong with marriage. But here... Jesus is referring to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 2 where the people were involved in unlawful marriages and unclean copulation. In other words, people were having sex with kids. It was, it was chaotic. And they were getting married. And there was incest. And there was pedophilia. And there was all kinds of sin. Yeah, they were getting married. And there's nothing wrong with marriage. But when you do a marriage outside of God's plan, it is a sin. And God, Jesus said, just like in those days, 
Listen to me. Then the Bible says they were given in marriage. Not only to copulation, but then the Bible talks about the sons of God. Referring to Seth, which is Adam's son. The sons of God, which were the sons of Adam, they were marrying the daughters of men. What daughters of men? Descendants of Cain. And God did not approve that. So in verses 40 to 41, we read a truth that we must keep in mind. Not everyone will go, unfortunately. Not everyone is going to go with Christ. And the crazy thing is that Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believed in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But God did not send his son to, to, to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved through it. But the truth of the matter is, salvation is for everybody, but not everybody's going to get saved. Not everybody. And it ain't because of predestination. And it ain't because God picked a few and chose. No, it's because what we are doing in this moment right now will determine. Listen to me, church. And Jesus said, two men will be together. One will be taken and the other will left. Two women. He makes reference to two women in the, working in the, in, the, in the mill. One will be taken and the other will be left. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. You don't want to stay left behind. Listen to me, church. You don't want to stay. You don't want to be part of that group that doesn't make it. You don't want to be part of that group. That's why in Mount Olives we could rejoice because it is a place that we know he's coming back. And if he's coming back, I need to live a life worthy to his name in Jesus' name. Listen to me, church. We need to be prepared because we don't know when it's going to happen. But we do know that it's going to happen. The Bible says it's going to be suddenly in a twinkling of an eye. It is mentioned four times in this chapter. It is mentioned that the Son of Man will come in an hour you do not expect. Jesus said four times, I'm coming, when you least expect it. In Mark 13, 33, the Bible says, Jesus said, be on guard, be alert, and pray. You do not know when the time will come. So my first point was Jesus, Christ is coming. My second point is, was, he's coming suddenly. My third point is, what do I do until he comes? Here's what I gotta do. I have to be a faithful servant. I know he's coming. I know he's coming in the twinkling of an eye, but what do I do in between until he comes? I gotta be faithful. And Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verses 45 through 50, he says, who then is the faithful and the wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I truly tell you, he would put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. My master has been saying he's coming and coming and he ain't coming. Uh, how many of us are just like this man? They say, yeah, they've been talking about Jesus is coming and coming and coming. I'm just going to slack. But suppose the servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. Verse 50 says, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And in an hour, he is not aware of. Listen to me, church. God has entrusted each and every single one of us with many things. Among which is 
the word of God. The Bible is constantly reminding you and I to live wisely in preparation for the day of the coming of the Lord. You have no excuse. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 17 tells us, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Church, this is the time to be surrounded with God's people. If there's a time for the church to be more connected, it is today. And it ain't no coincidence. Listen to me. I know that COVID, I'm not going to say it was birthed by the devil. The devil is a liar. He ain't got no power to birth nothing. But I know that sometimes things happen in our world and the devil takes advantage of that to go contrary to the word of God. If there's a time that the church needs to be together, when we look at what's happening in the world, wars, rumors of war, pestilence, famine, hunger, earthquakes, sicknesses, diseases, now is the time for the church to be closer than ever. And what the devil is doing, he is causing the church to be distant. We are afraid to come together. We are people to be one family. We don't want to congregate no more we're so overwhelmed by what's happening that we've lost instructions to the word of the lord but look what the writer of hebrews tells us in chapter 10 verse 25 he says he tells the church not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What is the writer saying? If there's a time to come together as a church, now more than ever is today. When you see everything that's happening, it should want us to come back together. When you see what's happening in the world, in light of what Jesus said, that it's signs of his coming. If there's a time that we ought to be together like never before, it is today, church. Don't be fooled. Don't become wicked. Do not underestimate the promise of his return. Do not abandon the path of righteousness for the path of a sinful lifestyle. The devil is a liar. Church, it may sound antiquated. It may sound out of style. It may sound like it don't make sense. But I still believe that Christ is coming back again. He's coming soon. It can happen any moment. It can happen right now. The question is, are you excited or are you scared? Verse 46 the master wants to find his servants doing his will. Look what Peter tells us. He writes to the church in Maya, Asia, under persecution, attacked, afraid, scattered. And to this church in Maya, Asia, chapter number 3, verse 9 and 10, he tells them, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, what you interpret to be slow, look what he says. Instead, he is patient. One thing is to be slow. Another thing is to be patient. We cannot confuse God's patience to tardiness. God is being patient. Why? Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But then he closes out and says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. So as I close, God has been telling us this entire summer, let's go higher. But today he's calling us to go higher in our Christian walk. Let us climb the Mount of Olives and renew our vision and our expectation of Christ's return. 
Let us live in holiness in the midst of a corrupt world so that we can do what the writer says in Hebrews chapter 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3, 14 and 15. He says, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. So new birth and friends and church, let us close the series going over every word of Christ in regards to his return. And Jesus himself, speaking about his return, Jesus himself in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, look what he says. Revelation 22 and 12, he says, look, I am coming soon. He's telling us today, new birth, church, look. Look at what's happening. I am coming soon. And my reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Jesus said that. And in verse 17, he said, The spirit and the bride say to Jesus, Come, the spirit and the bride. Where is the spirit? The spirit is in the earth. This is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on the earth. And where is the bride? The bride is on the earth. And from the earth, the spirit... The Holy Spirit and the bride are telling Jesus, come, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes takes the fig tree. I'm sorry. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. So this last verse is a clear invitation to all who are listening to these words and are thirsty and wishes to have the free gift of the water of life so you friend that are here would you dare take a climb with us and go up mount olives would you dare come to the lord before the Lord comes to you. Listen, I'd rather go to God before God comes to me. I'd rather go with listen, I'd rather get raptured in heaven then wait for God to come down. Because listen, when God comes back in the second return, when he comes back, he's not coming to pick up a church. Uh-uh. We're going to go with the church. The church is going to go with Christ. But when Christ comes down, he's not coming down to pick up the church. No, the church is going to go up. When he comes down, he's coming to have dominion. He's coming to have authority. He's coming to have control. And he's not coming to save when he comes down. He's coming to wipe out the devil, the antichrist, the false prophet, and bring cleansing into this world so that his children can reign. My question is, are you going to wait for him to come or are you going to go with him in the climb? And if you want Jesus today, I want to challenge you to accept him, to receive him. To make him the Lord and the master of your life. And here's how you do it. All you need to do is repeat a prayer. Well, this is, that's not all you need to do. This is the first step in your journey is accepting Jesus and acknowledging that you're a sinner. So how do I do it, Pastor? Repeat after me. Say, dear Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I heard your word and I want to take the climb of Mount Olives. I want to live life with the blessed hope that you're coming for me. But you're going to come for a clean and a blameless church. So clean me. Wash me with your blood. 
Write my name in the book of life. Seal me with your Holy Spirit. And with your help, Jesus, I promise I will serve you until you come. With your help, I will do it in Jesus' name. And to the church, I want to encourage you. Let us meet. Let us stay together. One of the distinctive the church did, the early church did in persecution, after Jesus arose, here's how they would bid for, you know, when we, when we have service, we say, hey, God bless you, we go home. No, no, the word they would use when they would go home was Maranatha. And you know what Maranatha meant and means still? Christ is coming. We should always have that perspective. We should always have that mindset. Everywhere we go, Christ is coming. Everything we do, Christ is coming. How we live, Christ is coming. And when we live life from that perspective, oh my word, we can live in rejoicing knowing that when he comes, he's coming for a holy, a holy church. And when he takes us up to heaven, 1 Thessalonians is to take up his bride. But when he comes down, we're coming down with him to reign. And there will be no more tears. And there will be no more pain. And there will be no more sorrows. Because Jesus is coming to turn everything around. I pray this message has blessed you. I pray this series has helped you. And may you grow in your walk through this series in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody shout a good amen? Come on, shout a good amen.